Yo, what's up, guys? This is Dave with Dynasty Dorks. We're a year-round fantasy football podcast, and we do dynasty and redraft content. Thanks for the follow. Good luck to you. What is going on, guys? It is week five already. The NFL season is absolutely flying. And um, whether you're 2-2, two 4-0, and two, four and oh, or 0-4, oh do not give up. You need to keep pushing through, and trades are going to make the difference on whether you won the first half of the season or you win the entire season. Brought some great guys on to talk about some trade targets. Josh has been on the show plenty of times. Josh, welcome back, sir. Glad to be here. Make sure you guys give him a follow. Very interactive on Twitter. Always puts out good content and is always answering your questions. Gal, I, I wanted wanted to actually show you guys something today instead of just talking about Manscaped and all the other products that we're promoting. I want to actually show you something. So, uh, so Gal is gonna he's gonna show us the app at Tail Network. Definitely. So, Tail Network is a sports centered social media and gambling advice network. Um, basically what it is, is a right here. You can see that, uh, when you're on the home page, you'll be able to buy picks right off the page. Um, you can follow all the pros and your friends, see what they're gambling on, uh, talk with, you can see users analytics before you buy. So down here, you can see that you can see, um, how many units somebody's up, how accurate they are in the sport, et cetera. And then you can talk about sports with people around the world, maybe talk some smack with other fans. Um, just post content like memes, videos, podcast links, article links. Uh, you can track your analytics on your profile in your last 10 picks and your lifetime by sport. And you can earn money in doing it. You can uh, sell picks per pick or for monthly subscriptions. And on the back end, you can see who's buying your picks, when they're buying them, for what games, for what sports. And you can cash out super easily. So uh, it's kind of an all-encompassing place for people who like to gamble on sports, talk sports, gambling, sell picks, whatever you do. It's a nice organized way to do it all and make some money while you're doing it. Yeah. So when you say sell picks, like what 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 does that mean? So there's a big industry of guys on Twitter and Instagram and Reddit who who basically do a lot of the research. They run these algorithms. Um, and then they charge people to see what they're going to be betting on because their algorithms or their picks are usually right. Um, right now, how they operate is kind of leading people to PayPal or they have their own websites or they'll say, hey, just Venmo me. And um, we we know that that's a little bit sketchy and not people don't really like to do it as much. And these guys sometimes fake their results and you don't know where it's coming from. So uh, here on the tail network, you can easily, we offer secure payment. We use Stripe. Um, we collect the money and then distribute it. And you can always see people's stats um, as they are. There's no fudging it. There's no uploading photos of uh, any botched bet slips or anything like that. So you can always be sure that it's trustworthy and not, and know that you're not uh, sending your money to, someone who might be uh, trying to scam you. And then also on top of that, it's just a social media platform as well. There's a, there's a feed like Instagram. Um, I post tons of memes, tons of um, clips from games and stuff like that. Tons of smack talk to other players. Um, so that's that's what I like about it the most. But uh, it's, it's kind of just a place where you can do all of that in one. No, I love that. That's, uh, 
you know, and you answered my question, my, my second question, you know, um, so that's, that's perfect. And, and it definitely looks like something I'm going to be getting into myself. Um, Josh, any questions or Gall, anything we missed? I don't really do the whole gambling scene, but it seems like a great product. Just looking at it visually, I, I, I like what you've done with the, the app and, uh, you know, hopefully not too many Nigerian princes asking for money on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we're trying to avoid here. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, and it can be downloaded. It's in the app store at Tail Space Network, and uh, you can go to tailnetwork.com as well and, and see another rundown if, uh, if you want to. And, and there's a download link on there as well. Awesome. So, uh, so yeah, make sure you guys go check that out and I'll make sure I put the, the link down below in the comments, both on Twitter, as well as on YouTube and Facebook. So it's, you know, it's trade season. It's, it's go time. And we're going to start out with the, the most important position and your, your single quarterback leagues, which is your running backs. That is, that's typically the core of your team. Yep. So Josh, you can go first. Give me a running back I should trade for and why. All right. So a couple of these names probably are on your radar. You know, in some way you hear Twitter, you know, analysts and people saying they either really love him, some that are detractors. The name that I want to bring up is DeAndre Swift of the uh, Detroit Lions. And, uh, you know, I think Jamal Williams has been very involved in the offense and in the backfield. And so uh, people are a little bit worried. And coming off, you know, his worst game of the season, uh, DeAndre Swift, uh, I think now can be a really good time to kind of close in and find someone who's worried about uh, DeAndre Swift's usage. Because uh, the numbers in terms of production can be a little bit misleading because he's so involved in the offense, running routes, uh, always staying involved. And he's averaging, you know, over seven targets a game as a running back. And uh, with those touches, those catches out of the backfield, uh, he's averaging about eight yards per catch. So, you know, that's a lot of good production, especially in your PPR leagues, a good floor that you're going to have. Uh, I'd like to see his carries go up a little bit, but I really think we're we're working with a running back who commands, you know, if we, if we were right now, like first, second round value. So he's definitely someone to target. And um, I would say my strategy usually when I trade, especially in redraft leagues, uh, I want to be packaging two lesser players for one better player, right? So an RB2 with a wide receiver two or three and trying to go for someone that you can maybe buy low on like DeAndre Swift. Uh, but he's definitely uh, would be one of my main targets. No, I love that. I love that strategy. Um, you know, those, you know, it looks like a two for one, but then you open up a spot and then next thing you know, you're grabbing Rashad Bateman exactly. or you're elevating someone off your IR or whatever. Mm -hmm. So you're really doing a two for two but it appears to them as if they're getting a two for one special. Yeah. Um, so no, I, I like Swift and I love the, the PPR. Um, we talked about it before, you know, our RIP, uh, Mike Taglier, he was on the show and he talked about weighted opportunity and targets are worth two and a half Extremely times a carry. And uh, you want those guys that get that high target count. So, yeah. all right, Gall hit us, hit us with the running back. Sure. Yeah. Top of my list is Alvin Kamara. Uh, I think that right now you can kind of get him at a buy low situation. Uh, he did not record a catch last game, which obviously is huge for him. As we know, he catches a lot of balls. And I think that a lot of people who drafted him, a lot of fantasy managers that drafted him kind of expected more out of him. 
Um, and I think that he could probably be picked up for, like you said, Josh, a uh, give somebody two players who are maybe a little bit worse and come out with a potential season winner. If he starts to pick it up, I think it's a little bit riskier. Um, but I think, um, I think give him a few weeks and he's, he's bound to have a few breakout weeks in him. And, and once those catches go back up and maybe Taysom Hill starts, stops running the ball as much, uh, he'll start throwing it over to him and uh, he'll get some points under his belt. Yeah. yeah. No, I like I mean, that I'm, I'm in agreement. Like, um, I would say, though, what makes it hard to trade for AK is that he's still AK. So I've tried before. It, you, it is very difficult to buy low on someone of it his – uh, you know, value. But, you know, one thing that's awesome about what he's been doing is surprisingly, he's carrying the ball a lot. And that was really unexpected. But yeah, definitely, we want the PPR and half PPR points that we've grown accustomed to that makes him elite. So definitely, if you can, if you can grab him from someone who's worried in the least, you know, maybe mention, hey, did you see Taysom bring it in a couple of times from, you know, the red zone and, you know, maybe go for him and see what you can do. Yeah. And when Thomas comes back, you know, hopefully that takes a little bit of a load off of him, which will open, you know, open things up. Sometimes not having any weapons seems like a good thing. And it really isn't because they can just focus on you. Um, I actually had AK as, as, as one of the guys I wanted to go with. Um, but I'm going to go with Josh Jacobs. And I know Josh Jacobs is not, he's not the sexiest of, of picks because of how he's used. He's used more of, Kind of the opposite of what we're talking about. He doesn't get a lot of PPR <laughs> production, um, but he is used in the goal line, and that is a very good offense. And right now, you know, you saw him come out last night. I was a little nervous about him coming out, testing the ankle, re-injuring it. He looked quick, and when he got some, he got holes. Um, he did look good. And if Peyton Barber can put up RB six numbers. <laughs> I'm going to trust that Josh Jacobs can be a, a steady RB2 for me for the rest of the year. I'm not trading for him to be my RB1. Yeah. But if you have DeAndre Swift, if you have Christian McCaffrey, if you have one of these RB1s with getting a lot of PPR upside, it's a great balance by having someone that gets at least 15 to 20 target or, or touches a game. Yeah. And and he gets the red zone touches. Derek Carr is not running it in the red zone. Yeah, and surprisingly, you know, Kenyon Drake isn't either. You know, I really thought he might give him a run for his money a little bit in the red zone and the goal line. But, man, yesterday's game was like Kenyon Drake was gone. He, like, Josh Jacobs is back, and he barely saw the field. You know? Yeah, so, it was it was, it was was good. So I, I definitely would say, uh, you know, and he didn't blow up. What would have hurt you is if he blew up last night and had a two-touchdown game, then the, clo- the window would have been closed. Yeah. But I bought, I, I bought in two weeks ago. Um, just bef- bef- so I can get them, you know, for the rest of the season. Yeah. Let's go with a receiver, Josh. Give me a receiver that you could you could target. Okay, so I, I like what you said about windows, right? Because in redraft or dynasty, what I'm always looking for is a window in for a buy low or a sell high, because they come and they go, right? Week to week, a lot of people panicking, a lot of people wondering what they should be doing. And some just kind of bored and looking to make a move. And there's always a window to just kind of get into and make your move. Um, and this is someone I've talked about all off season. And, um, you know, he was actually not in the game for a couple of weeks. Um, and his name is Odell Beckham Jr. Now, some people are going to hate on this uh, as a trade for Target. 
simply because it's OBJ. But I think there's been some encouraging numbers in his return, uh, his targets, his snap count. Uh, he's averaging about eight targets a game in his two games. And, you know, even this past week, uh, he just missed out on a long touchdown because Baker, he, he underthrew him, you know, and it, it would have really iced the game if he had just let him and he oh, was yeah. wide open. And, uh, you know, that changes the whole landscape of the stats that a lot of people maybe that aren't even watching the games really that they're looking at. So I think he's a great buy low. Uh, you know, I think Baker actually looked pretty good. Like they're more on the same page because they've had time together. Uh, so I can only see... OBJ getting better, especially if he keeps the steady target share. Um, so he's definitely someone I would, you know, trade for if I didn't have him in like every league. But, you know, he's definitely someone that I would trade for uh, by low right now while you, again, that one catch and a touchdown, what he's able to do, break, you know, a long TD game breaker. Um, you know, there's not many wide receivers that can do that. He's still one of the best. Agreed. Draw. Um, my wide receiver target is Corey Davis. Um, he is obviously a great player. We all know what he can do and we all know that he can catch the ball and get some yards, but it's kind of all dependent on Zach's will, Zach Wilson's ability to get that ball to him, which in my opinion has, uh, people who have him on their roster a bit worried about starting him every week as somebody who has him on his roster. Um, I know I hesitate a little bit, especially uh, those players who might have other wide receivers who may consistently get 10 to 14 points. It's hard to put in a Corey Davis on the assumption that he's either going to get three points or 21 points. So um, I think this is a receiver that if you need a receiver and somebody in your league by chance has one of those a little bit more consistent guys, you could uh, pick Corey Davis off of them pretty easily uh, with the with the fear that Zach Wilson might not be able to get him the ball and then stick him in at a flex position and kind of hope that he uh, – hope that he does what he does and, and gets the ball and gets those yards and play him on those games when they're playing a weak secondary. Yeah. Corey Davis looks good. And it wasn't just the Titans. Um, he's, he looked good preseason. He looked good regular season and that one really bad game. And it was the Patriots who of course are going to completely annihilate a rookie quarterback. And, <laughs> and the Jets have looked a lot worse with Mekhi Becton out. It really hasn't only been like Zach Wilson playing bad. It really has to do with the offensive line. Becton's coming back soon, and that'll only improve things. And, and Corey Davis has looked much better since that Patriots game. Man, remember, Dave, in the offseason, how much people were harping on, like, Elijah Moore and, you know, like, Mims even and all these guys. And all along, it's like, you know, not to victory lap, I was like, yo, Corey Davis is the wide receiver one of that team. And there's no one that really comes close. And, um, you know, he's proven that and he's shown that. And I'm excited to see how he continues to grow in his rapport with Zach Wilson. Um, I really think he's a talented, you know, he has the draft capital. He has the skills. He has the size to be an alpha. So, uh, you know, I really hope to see him continue to, you know, get the targets and succeed. So I think that's a great, uh, you know, target to trade for, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, everyone went for Elijah Moore. You just have to wait a year. Uh, you're going to have to wait a year. Most receivers have to wait a year anyways. But Jamison Crowder is back. Mm. And Jamison Crowder is going to help Corey Davis uh, and he's going to help Zach Wilson. And every time that Jamison Crowder moves the chains on a five-yard catch, it's going to help Corey Davis because they get a new th three downs. Stay on the field. 
Um, so more scoring opportunities, you know, sustaining drives, it's all going to help. So we'll give you two bonus bonus ones because Josh threw some options out there. CD Lamb and Allen Robinson. Mm-hmm. Josh, just real quick, real quick. CD Lamb, Allen Robinson. All right, Lamb coming off his worst game. He still commanded the second most targets that Dak threw. He didn't throw very much, but Lamb still had the second most targets. He's one of the most talented wide receivers, young wide receivers in the game. And people, people react very quickly. So when you see a single digit game from someone that you spent high draft capital on, sometimes people just want to move them. So if you can target him for, you know, right now is a buy low window, like we were talking about, go ahead and offer something up. I mean, don't low ball so hard that they're going to be offended, but you know, offer something decent, uh, see what you can get back. And a Rob, He's a little bit riskier. As a Bears fan, believe me, I really envisioned a great season. And one of the mainstays was his targets. And that's actually missing right now. He has not gotten targeted. I think he even less than Darnell Mooney at this point. So it's a bit riskier, but I know the talent is there. And so, uh, you know, if things kind of level out a little bit more with the QB situation, uh, also with David Montgomery going down, they may have to rely a little bit more on the passing game. Uh, so Allen Robinson has an opportunity to to step up. And, um, yeah, I kind of see it as they're trying to showcase Mooney and see if he can handle the alpha role in one sense. And maybe they're just intentionally not targeting A-Rob as much. But I really think that, you know, in order to win, you're going to have to get it to your best wide receiver, and that's still Allen Robinson. So target him. See if yeah. someone's really disappointed. And they should be. I think he's getting like 30 yards a game or something like that right now. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I wanted to talk about CD, but I, I also want to talk about somebody else. So I wanted to give you that quick opportunity so I could also squeeze in this guy, and his name is A.J. Brown. Ooh. So people were all sorts of in love with A.J. Brown, and then the Julio Jones trade happened, and then they cooled off a little bit, but they were like, well, it's probably going to help him. He wasn't going to get 212 targets anyways. But then he's had multiple bad weeks and then an injury. The dip is here. And that's the only time you're going to be able to acquire AJ Brown at the price that he's, he's at, because he's not going to cost you what he would have cost you. Go check it out. The person that has AJ Brown is most likely one and three or two and two, because they use such high draft capital on him that they're, they're probably desperate. And if you can throw some players that can win now that we're going to talk about with our sell targets, Throw them, dangle them over. If you're three and one or four and zero, and you can maybe suck it up for two weeks without AJ Brown, go go check it out. See see what you can get and and get AJ Brown because you're gonna want him when it comes playoff season, and he's firing on all cylinders. Yeah. So let's go to tight ends. Josh, hit us with a tight end we should target. All right, so I'll just be straight up. I normally will not trade for a tight end or a quarterback. I've either drafted a high draft capital quarterback that I know that I can stick in there weekly or tight end one of the top three or four guys, and then I just wait you know, till late for a tight end. So, um, But I would say there are some targets that are really good I think that you can go for. And one of them was a you know offseason darling, rookie you know, madness was Kyle Pitts, right? Uh, he has not performed to everyone's unrealistically high standards. At one point, I think his floor was Megatron, like according to some people. Yeah. So, uh, you know, got way out of hand. And um, but he 
is now, I think, a great buy-low target because um, he's still a very important part of that offense, and they're still growing together in that offensive system that they're trying to put in place there. He's averaging six and a half targets per game, which is great for any tight end to be averaging that. He's probably the second best offensive option after Ridley in terms of receiving goes, although I know Cordero Patterson has been making some noise. Um, so I think Pitts is a great buy-low right now uh, if you're looking for hub at tight end and you're kind of sick of waiting for, you know, you, you've, you've missed out on, you know, Troutman who has not done anything, Juwan Johnson's and all of those guys that people were trying to pick up, you know, and, and trying to see if they work out, even like Tyler Croft and all kinds of guys. So I think Pitts with his floor of targets is still much better option than like streaming some other guys. So if you can get him for like a wide receiver three plus something, like just try your, try to go and get them. Um, and again, it's going to depend on league to league. Some guys are diehard Pitts fans. Uh, so they, they expect first round capital in return or something like that. But, um, I think he's a great buy right now. Yeah. In, in redraft, I, I, in dynasty is going to be harder to get. Um, but in redraft, I mean, if he has another bad week, people are going to talk about cutting him. Yep. And, and they're going to be that, you know, irritated because Dalton Schultz is, is kicking his butt or whatever. <laughs> Um, and bye weeks start next week. So decisions are going to get a little harder. So yeah, no, Kyle Pitts is out there. I put out uh, a tweet this week said, go buy Kyle Pitts in your dynasty. And someone called me an amateur. <laughs> um, and I said, uh, I said, all right. I mean, he goes, well, you're, you're telling people they're going to get a second and third. I said, well, apparently you can't read. Cause I did not say that. <laughs> um, but Come yeah, on, he's such an amateur, dude. Come on. I know. He said, that's such an amateur take. No one's going to give a second and a third. And I said, did you see buy low? Or did you? I said, I'm telling you, Kyle Pitts is never going to be as low as he is now. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Go get him. Yeah. Um, Jalen Smith just got released from the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I saw that. So I didn't I expect did that. that. Yeah. Yeah. So that just, just happened. Some breaking news. Yeah. Um, so... So, Gal, what's a uh, <laughs> TFG? What's up, man? Yo, speaking of tight ends, so this guy, so we have a dealer's choice in real reality fantasy football as our second super flex. Uh -huh. So the high score of the week picks the super flex. Oh. You can pick anything. He was going to go kicker on us and make us do a super flex kicker. <laughs> um, but he, he had this amazing video um, that – I at first didn't know what he was saying, but at the end of the day, he's doing a tight end super flex. So we got to play two tight ends this week. Wow. And I have no fan Dallas Goddard. So I'm, I'm You're feeling good. good. I'm feeling pretty <laughs> good about my, my chances, you know, not the best tight ends, but it could be a lot worse. Yeah. So, uh, so God, give us a, a tight end that we should uh, target. I am similar to you, Josh, in a way that I don't usually trade uh, for a tight end. So, and I know I wrote down um, somebody else, but I switched it the last second. And I'm going to give you guys someone who I think honestly could be a trade and, all, and might even be on your waiver wire. Um, I'm going to go with Dawson Knox. Uh, nice. I think, I think that I think he is, that the, he is guy the guy in Buffalo. And uh, he had a touchdown in the last two weeks. He's moving up the ranks quickly. Um, he could be an easy, he could be an easy target. And um, I think that the relationship between him and uh, Josh Allen is is solidified after this week, and it's it's clear. And I think he's going to get some numbers, and 
and he could be a good he's a he's a high tight end too i think yeah no i like that one and and on the same way i mean you for me this year in super flex leagues it was hard to take care of the tight end and quarterback and running back in the first four or five rounds so that's where i really struggled with combining those mm. but in my one quarterback leagues i'm punting quarterback i'm getting you know, a top three rounds, I'm investing in a tight end. So I don't have to play Noah Fan, Dallas Goddard and play that game every week. Um, but George Kittle. Uh, so George Kittle is is someone that you had on there, Gall. And I, I really think he's someone that you can target right now. Several bad weeks in a row. The change of quarterback, little unknown with when Jimmy G is going to be back. The window's there. And if you have the opportunity to you – know, if you miss – on this, on going to get George Kittle, it's it's not going to suck. George George Kittle at his worst is still better than most tight ends. Yep. Don't go and sell you know, him. Yeah. But if you can go get George Kittle for, you know, if you can go get George Kittle right now, and you're not, you you know, you have a couple extra players of depth, you know, say hey, you know, you're really excited about Rashad Bateman. I'm going to give you Dalton Schultz and Rashad Bateman, and I'm going to I'm going to get George Kittle from you. Or if you're really excited about Dawson Knox, I'm going to give you Dawson Knox and, you know, another player, Corey Davis, or something like that, where you can go yeah. and, and acquire George Kittle. Because at the end of the day, George Kittle is a league winner when he's on. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I changed it last second just because I actually have Kittle in my league. And I know that if somebody came to me for that trade offer, I'm not, I'm not quite ready to give him up. And I think that's where most people are at. Um, yeah. Obviously, if you can get him, get him. take him. Take him. Uh, but I wanted to get something a little bit more realistic, I think. Well, no, I think context. I'm, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. I'm with you on that. It's going to be harder to get Kittle for sure. Yeah, I think context is really important because, you know, when you talk about, you know, getting some of these players that are really high draft capital and, you know, Kittle was like consensus top three and he really hasn't been performing up to that standard. You know, but, you know, we have to kind of consider like, what are we willing to pay? And when I give advice on who to target, and who to trade away, like it always flips in favor of who I'm advising, right? So when I say trade for this kind of value, it's always going to be an elevated value. Whereas if I say trade away this person, what you get back is still going to be kind of an elevated value of what you should get in return. Because I always want the person that I'm advising to come up on obviously the positive benefit side, like return on investment. Um, can I squeeze in one guy real quick that everyone hates, but yeah. I still am high on? Evan Ingram. Sorry, I know. People, they'll cringe. They'll say drops. They'll say he's trash. But he is still, I believe, a talented tight end. And he's got the physical tools to excel. And, um, you know, on the Gi the Giants are, you know, they're, they're doing pretty well, you know, in terms of moving the ball through the air. And uh, I think it's a matter of time before we see some, uh, you know, solid production out of Evan Ingram. So right now, he, he's not really high up on anyone's list. He might even be dropped in some leagues. So I think he's someone worth. Uh, yeah, watch him to be dropped tomorrow. Yeah, minimum investment for sure. I think he'll be dropped tomorrow in a lot of leagues because they expected with no Shepard, no Slayton for him to have a big week. Yeah, it, and it didn't happen. So I'm just going to list off the quarterbacks so we can get rolling and then we'll list the others. The three quarterbacks that we had were Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, and Sam Darnold. Josh, who is a sell target running back? Sell target running back. I have selling Cordell Patterson. Okay. 
So I really think that Cordero Patterson, I mean, I'm shocked at how well he's doing what he had three touchdowns in the, uh, the last game he was in. And, you know, he outscored so many, you know, bona fide RB ones, right? I think he's like RB four right now in PPR, uh, as a running back and like six or seven as a wide receiver. So he's playing like lights out way beyond his, even his own capacity. Right. So, um, in talk, in terms of selling windows, I really think that Cordero Patterson, if you have him, if you lucked into playing him, awesome, probably helped you win your weeks, but it's time to, you know, sell as, as soon as you can. Um, and I think that that's something that uh, you just can't really have another chance like this. Yeah, RB2. Okay, yeah, so even higher. Um, so move him while you can. I saw actually some people in some of the leagues I'm in when they ask for advice or when they share some of the things that are going on. Uh, I saw someone, they traded, uh, they got Cooper Cup straight up for uh, Corderell. Uh, is it Corderell or Corderell? It's Corderell, I think. Corderell Patterson. Corderell. Yeah, Cordero Patterson, um, like straight up for Cooper Cup. I said, good job. That's what you, that's what you need to be doing. Um, and yeah, so he's, he's the guy that I would sell. It's astronomically higher than it ought to be what his value is right now. I like that one a lot. He's, he's definitely someone that's impressed every single week. Um, but it, it's, it's just so, we have so, so many seasons of nothing. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, he's breaking out as yeah. it's just really hard. Um, today I had someone come to me and say, Hey, my super flex sucks. It's a redraft. I got Mac Jones. I got Justin Fields. They're not doing anything for me. I'm struggling. Like, what do I do? And I said, let me see your roster. He had Cordero Patterson. I said, Hey, if you can get rid of Cordero Patterson, pair him up with Mac Jones, go get a quarterback. So he got Joe Burrow and Brandon Ayuk. Oh gosh. For Cordero Patterson and Mac Jones. Yeah. What happened that, to that. He needs to be taken away for that one. <laughs> Cause he definitely robbed that dude. <laughs> that was the dude's counter. Um, he wow. said, Hey, he's not going to want to move Burrow. Should I go after Daniel Jones? I said, yeah, go get Daniel Jones. He got better upside than Mac Jones and then try to get Ayuk or something back. Yeah. And he goes, Yo, he just countered with Burrow. I take it right. I'm like, dude, freaking take that. Like, <laughs> stop asking me and go press accept. Like right yeah, now. Yeah, like he. I think he sent a mistake. I think he's thinks he's getting Burrow. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, dude. We, we're we're in that real reality show, and everybody, including TFG, is uh, the sharks out there, man. They're they're tough to trade with in that one. Um, we're not we're not seeing a whole lot of trade action going on, but yeah, that dude. He sent me that. I'm like. I couldn't believe that that person countered with that Ayuk yeah. as like a throw-in. Yeah, Ayuk's yeah, upside is still tremendous. I mean, I'm still a little bit worried. I was never super high on Ayuk. But if you can get him for that cheap, like where he's a throw-in, put him on your bench and see what happens, right? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Gall, tell us about James Conner. James Conner. Um, I think that right now you can still take advantage of the, of the fact that he's still splitting time with Edmonds, but it seems to me that Edmonds is the more versatile guy in Arizona. And, and uh, I think that at best moving forward, you're going to see them split time with Edmonds being the guy that gets it closer to the end zone. Uh, so the, to me, this seems like a no brainer to get rid of him now while he still has a little bit of value and, uh, and uh, take advantage of that uh, before I think it's, it's a little bit too late. 
Okay, so can I counter that a little bit? So I do disagree here a little bit on the player and the roles. I think his role is going to remain the same, uh, where he's going to get the goal line work. He's going to get the, you know, hard to get yards while Chase Edmonds, you know, he's used more still in a kind of a complimentary role, but he's getting a lot of work. Great PPR floor for him, too. Uh, the only reason I would agree with James Conner right now is because he's had a couple of games in a row with great scoring with the touchdowns. So a lot of people see that and they want that. So they trade for him. Um, but in terms of his role, I think he'll be pretty steady. And AZ is... It, that's a machine. That's an offensive machine right there. So um, he's going to have plenty more productive games. So again, I think the sell high window is there. So I would agree with, you know, trading him away if you can get great value for him. But um, he's a little bit harder of a sell, I think. Um, so I would almost rather keep him and use him as I need him on my team. So yeah, I mean, not again, not trying to, you know, get into it with you. But yeah. yeah. I was pushing for Connor a lot in the offseason, and it's cool to see it actually come to fruition. But Edmonds has looked much better than I thought he'd be, to be honest. Connor's the the perfect piece when we talk about those two for ones like Patterson and, and Connor, because you didn't draft those guys. They are, you know, right now they're extra. Like you got return on your investment, whether you spent 15 fab or whether you drafted them in the 12th, 13th round. Like Connor was like a 12th round pick Patterson was undrafted and you, they're just there. So you're like, you know what? I'm going to go do an upgrade and I'm going to throw one of those guys in on the trade and go get Deandre Swift or go get CD lamb or something like that. They're perfect pieces because they're just they're You've already made your, your money back. Yeah. So the, the guy that I want to bring up is Trey Sermon. There was a lot of hype on him this offseason. A lot of people really got excited about him. A lot of really good, you know, people are way smarter than I am that were really, really excited about him. And then everything was kind of funny what happened to him. The beginning of the year, he's a healthy scratch. And then all of a sudden he gets in, unfortunately gets a concussion. Then he looked terrible. He did look terrible, but he fell into the end zone, kind of saved himself. Last week, he looked much better. He looked much better. I just do not trust Kyle Shanahan and I do not trust the running backs in that offense. And you want to get rid of him before Mitchell comes back. And before my name is Jeff comes back because as soon as Jeff Wilson comes back, it's going to get even messier. So if you can find a way to piece off Trey Sermon for something, I'm doing it just yeah. because he finally had a good week. And there was so much hype in the beginning of the off season. There's yeah. still someone in your league right now that thinks Trey Sermon is going to be an RB1. Yeah, like this season, like in redraft, they still oh, – yeah. their, their mouth is watering thinking of what Sermon could be. Yeah, unfortunately, it's probably the person that has Sermon on their team. <laughs> but if it's if, – if, you know, if someone was like, damn, you stole my pick, you need to write that shit down, you know? Like during your drafts, like Josh – Got real mad whenever I pick Sermon. So week five, I'm hitting him up. Like, all right, man. It's like this guy has a 49ers, you know, AVI for his uh, profile. It's like, yeah, yeah. He's got a Trey Sermon tattoo. I think he's going to pay out. So, um, so yeah, let's go with a a, a wide receiver. Um, Josh, what was which wide receiver are you going to go with? Uh, I'm going to go here with Cooper Cup. Now, 
the sell high window at its peak has kind of already passed because of this past week uh, where his he didn't have the best game. And, you know, Woods ended up with a touchdown catch. But Cup, you know, he Stafford has really zoned in on him. And um, they've had great rapport. And I think that he can still be a productive wide receiver and still will continue throughout the season in that offense. But uh, I'm all about capitalizing on extremes. And there's no way that he keep up the pace of the first, you know, few games. So uh, if someone's still looking at those few games and being like, okay, this is kind of a, an expectation I can have of him on a somewhat regular basis, like you could probably have Cooper Cup plus, you know, something a little bit lesser and get another, you know, elite wide receiver. So one thing that I always say is when you make a trade, always be improving your starting lineup. Like that's like you have to be improving your starting lineup. Like in terms of depth and things like that, that's a lot less important to me in redraft. Um, and so if you can improve your starting lineup by putting Cup with another piece to get an elite wide receiver, someone like Stefan Diggs, who hasn't really had a monster game yet, uh, you know, pair with someone. Yeah. Or, or CD Lamb. You know, CD Lamb might be a little bit more uh, risky than like a Diggs. But yeah, exactly. You know, pair him up and get an elite guy in return. So that's my guy, Cooper Cup trade away but for high value right not just like oh he might not pan out he's gonna produce but he also has some injury stuff too right so um i think it's a great time to sell him for as high as you can now nah, for sure call give us a receiver i am gonna give you uh jamar chase um i think that uh he's been crushing it and i think that uh, other teams are starting to pick him apart a little bit and that Tyler Boyd is going to be a good relief for that. And that you're just going to see Jamar not uh, go flat, but kind of get a little bit less uh, than he's been getting lately. And um, I also like to kind of give out my riskiest trades with receivers, just because I think that they're the easiest to exchange and get back. And it's uh, it's, it's more fluid. I don't think that you need to have, you know, whereas like tight end that you like to have one for the whole season receivers can come and go. So I like to, uh, and I trade them around and, and go for these riskier trades uh, when they're higher value than to wait until they drop off. So I think that uh, Chase kind of fits there and that um, if you can pair him up with somebody, you can you can get another elite receiver. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, and Higgins is coming back. Um, so Higgins will be back too, which would be, you know, interesting to see how. And we haven't got to see them all paired together that that often yet this season. Um so the guy that I want to bring up is is Debo Samuel, mm. and he's absolutely lighting the world on fire. Um, you cannot go and just trade Debo away for anything. But there needs to be some context with some of the things that's going on. If anyone saw the game the other day, <laughs> they literally forgot they were playing football against the 49ers. <laughs> and just Debo – had an eight, he, it was like he was on, on like running track. He just caught the ball, ran. There wasn't a single other player in the screen. It yeah. was just an unreal, like blown coverage that an NFL team should never happen, but it did. Um, and that padded his stats and pretty much doubled his stats. He's had an amazing year, but with the quarterback change, with, you know, with Ayuk, you know, and Kittle both not having the production, there's no way George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk are this quiet all year. And there's no way that all three 
can put up 30 fantasy points a week. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, I'm going to expect his production to go down, their production to go up and I'm going to sell while, while he's at his, at his peak. The next is going to be tight ends. So let's talk about three, the three tight ends that we would, we would sell starting with you, Josh. Uh, I'll be quick with this one because again, trading for tight ends and away, like it's not really part of my normal uh, thing, but Robert Tunyon, um, is someone that still carries some some value because of last season, essentially. He was ultra efficient almost every single TD that he even caught. He was actually uh, pretty open, right? Like, And he was just running free on the majority of the catches. Uh, I thought that there would be a TD you know, regression and that that would make a major impact on his overall production, like where he lands in the tight end rankings. So if there's anyone, again, maybe a Packers fan or something, right? Or someone who still has hope. Well, Aaron Rodgers is throwing the ball. So this guy has going to have opportunity to, uh, you know, get the ball and get into the end zone. And he will have those, but it's going to be much less than what we saw last season. So he's someone I would trade away for uh, whatever value you can get. You know, maybe as a throw into someone who's really hurting at tight end that might want to take a chance on him. Yeah, and if you if you can't get someone to bite right now, you just wait till he has that touchdown game. You know, he has three catches, two touchdowns, fifteen yards. Yeah, and then you, I mean, if they don't bite now, and you can wait, you know, that's he's someone that will have those hyper efficient games. Yeah, you just got to capitalize on it. And then, uh, God, you had Gesicki. Yeah, Jeff, yeah. Gesicki. I, I think I see him as uh, just like the perfect cherry on the top. If you're trying, if you're really trying to get a trade through with somebody, and you know they're just on the edge, they want it. You want it to go through, and you say, "Okay, listen, I'll throw in Gesicki too." I think I think that's where he comes in here. Um, he's he's looking good. Uh, who knows if he'll keep it up? A lot of people. It's one of those situations, like you said, that didn't draft him uh, as their tight end one and uh i think that i think it could be the cherry cherry on the pie for a lot of trades now i like i like how you put that just because when you look over at the you know when you do a trade you shouldn't only look at how it's going to benefit you how's it going to benefit them and i'm going okay listen your your tight end is injured and your other tight ends on a buy you need a tight end but if i throw you ricky seals jones it's probably not going to move you know kind of move anything but if I can throw you Mike Kosicki, who is getting 10 targets a game right now, that that might be enough to get you to accept that trade. And then, you know, we, we haven't seen the Tua offense. You know, we've seen a lot more targets, honestly, with Jacoby, with Brissett. And it's helped Kosicki. Will Fuller came back, and Kosicki didn't go away, yep. um, which we kind of expected. The running backs have actually been the ones that have lost the targets with Brissett. The running backs are not getting targeted as much. Miles Gaskin is someone that, I mean, people are going to be cutting him tomorrow. That because, might be a buy low, like super low. I mean, I, yeah. I would recommend no one cut him outright, obviously, but that was, it was really bad. <laughs> yeah, point three points. Um, and I, I got, it's kind of bad because uh, someone put up there, like, I said, who do you guys add? Who did you cut this week? I said, he said that he cut Miles Gaskin. And I said, did you? Add or cut him? He said, cut him. Why? Is that a bad thing? And I said, well, I'm not saying it's your team, man. I'm just yeah, saying reaction. he has, you know, 0.5 less points than CEH or, or Jonathan Taylor and 0.5 more than the other guy. You wouldn't cut those guys, but you're going to yeah. cut Gaskin. 
And then those guys both had good weeks and Gaskin sucked. And so I hate my words a little bit on that. Um, the, the uh, tight end I threw out there was Jared Cook. Um, again, you're not going to go and get something crazy for Jared Cook. But if someone needs a tight end, they you know they saw him getting the targets he's getting, and they have Justin Herbert as a as a nice piece to add. You can move him, but again, tight ends are are really you know there there's something you need to invest in in your one quarterback yep. leagues, so you don't have to be streaming tight ends or trading for tight ends, yep. um, because there's just not not many good ones. Um, we had some. We had some quarterbacks. Let's just go through them real quick and then go through the just a few trades that were asked on Twitter and then get out of here. So the quarterbacks, Sam Donald was on this list again, but I had him as a trade away. Mm-hmm. Daniel Jones and Lamar Jackson. So Josh, Daniel Jones, and Gall, Lamar Jackson, whoever wants to go first. You can go first, Gall. All right, I'll take it. Um, yeah, I mean, he's just not looking as impressive as before, and there's there's other QBs on the market that uh, I think are just performing a little bit better. And personally, I have Lamar Jackson, and I will be going after uh, Jalen Hurts to take over his spot. He uh, he's what do I have here? He had two rushing touchdowns in a game against Kansas City, but that's it all year. And uh, obviously, I think that's like a different sort of game than it's not representative of how he's going to play all year. Um, so I'm looking to get rid of him and find somebody who can more consistently score 20 ish points, 21 points. Wait, you're not saying you you would trade Lamar straight up for Jalen hurts right now, are you? No, no. I think that I can get, uh, I think I can get a good package for it is what I'm saying. Okay. I think I can get rid of Lamar. I can get Jalen and another uh, position. Okay. Cause I was like, that would be real spicy. <laughs> no, uh, I mean, I wouldn't do it, but I, yeah. I, I could see somebody making the argument for, Honestly, yeah. why you might. I mean, Jalen Hurts is looking good. He had the most rushing yards on his team last week. And I mean, he's he's on fire. But again, you never know how the season will go. Lamar That's Jackson true. could definitely pick it back up. But I'm looking to get um, another good quarterback, somebody who's going to get that 20 points plus another uh, skill, uh, position. Uh, skill position player. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I, I saw I saw a stat that he has not run for less than 43.5 yards. Uh, he, only, he only has run for less than 43 and a half yards once in his starts. I don't know what he did last week, but I went to go bet the over and under on it and it wasn't available. Um, so I was upset. Um, but they don't want to be giving away free money. Yeah. <laughs> well, if it's not available, then, then maybe Vegas knows something that we don't because if they're not putting it out there for you to bet on, it's because they know uh, it's, it's up in the air. Happen. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to bet on it, or at least, you know, even if they gave him like 50.5, I would have probably took the over. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I hate the running backs there. Well, I like Kenny Gainwell because it's pretty good value, but I don't like Miles Sanders at all. Um, but Jalen Hurts, it doesn't look pretty during the game, but at the end of the day, the, the production's solid. Yeah, um, garbage time benefits too. Yeah, so uh, I, had, I had Sam Darnold, and it really is just because like Sam Darnold leads the – I think he leads the league in rushing touchdowns right now. Um, he definitely leads the quarterbacks in rushing touchdowns. That's not going to continue. Um, he is a good. He's he's much better in Carolina, and I do like him with the weapons. I love Joe Brady. Can't wait to see where Joe Brady goes next year. Maybe he goes to the Jaguars and fixes the mess that Urban Meyer's doing to oh Trevor goodness. Lawrence. Um, but he's in a great position. I'm not giving him away, but I, I just I, I think he's. 
he's peaking right now and you need to take advantage of it. Um, and, and he, he looks, he looks good. So again, don't get rid of him. But at the end of the day, if you can get someone like Jalen Hurts or someone that offers more rushing upside, I'm more interested in that. And he appears to be a rushing quarterback right now. And Sam Darnold is not a rushing quarterback. Yeah. I mean, I like what you said earlier, like look for, look for the things that you can accentuate, right? Like, so with Darnold, if someone has DJ Moore, right. Or even, you know, Robbie Anderson and waiting for him to come back around, see who has those guys. And if they need some QB help, that might be the target that you go to and offer up Darnold for something that he might uh, be willing to part with. So uh, I had Daniel Jones and I'll just keep it simple. Uh, I actually had him as a breakout guy this year. So why is he in the trade away? But again, the window to sell high. I mean, what do you have? 400 plus yards and he's just, he's slinging the ball and he's doing pretty well. So um, if you can move him again and get something of good value, uh, see how you can package him in a one QB league with a, you know, to someone who has a maybe invested in fields or something and, and that's not worked out quite well uh, or something like that. So I think he's a good trade away candidate, but um, I do think that he'll continue to have good games as well. Well, we just talked about it earlier. Somebody preferred to trade Daniel Jones. I am Joe Burrow instead of Daniel Jones. Yeah, I don't get it. I'm a Giants fan. Yeah. Um, Do you like him? I mean, as just as a Giants fan, like what you see of him this year? I, I will say it's much better than what it's been. And yeah. um, well, he's holding the ball like he's he's not losing yeah, he's, the ball. So that's good. Yeah. Like he had the one turnover last week. And it was a failed Hail Mary. Yeah. Um, But yeah, not seeing the turnovers, not seeing him hold the ball and take ridiculous sacks because he's just holding, holding, holding. Yeah. And locking. Like he's, he's doing a much better job of reading his progressions before he would just lock onto somebody and the guy wasn't open, he would take a sack and half those sacks turn into fumbles. And that's, that's where he got a lot of his, his memes. Yep. Um, the other was, you know, tripping over himself. Um, but he's, he's, he's doing really well. Um, just unfortunately we haven't gotten the wins. So just two trades to talk about before we get out of here, or maybe that's three. Um, so redraft trade away, Kareem hunt, receive Amari Cooper, which side, or which side do you guys vote? Josh? I think value-wise overall is probably Cooper, uh, Cooper uh, Amari Cooper for me. Uh, but if you need running back help, this is why I always stress in draft, you got to invest in your running backs early so that you don't have to deal with these kind of issues, right? Uh, if you're desperate for a running back and you have three good wide receivers, four good wide receivers depth, and it's a two-starting wide receiver league, which a lot of standard leagues are, uh, then I, I think that I could see this trade going through and helping both sides, really, especially if you're desperate at running back right now because a lot of big names have gone down, right? Let's say you just lost David Montgomery and you are quickly looking to find uh, a replacement and you know you're not going to get Damian Williams. So um, I would be okay with the trade, but I would want Amari in terms of the value, just purely from a value standpoint. Go. Um, I'm going to take a little bit of a different approach. I'm I'm keeping, I like Kareem Hunt. I think he's a, a good flex player. And and if I am going to trade him away, I, I think I'm going to package him together with someone else, go for somebody a little bit more high value. Um, I don't hate that trade. I mean, if it's something you need to do and then, yeah, I think it's a, a great trade, but I would probably uh, package him with someone else and try to go for a higher, a higher skilled player. Yeah. And for me, you can never have enough running backs. So the reason you're probably making this trade is because you need a receiver. So I totally get it, but I would prefer the hunt side just because 
You just can't have enough running backs. Scarcity. And Amari Cooper is just someone I've just not loved Amari Cooper. Like I, I love the talent, but he just, he kind of, sh- he goes away sometimes, um, especially when he gets like tough matchups. Um, he does not do well against shutdown corners. Um, so that's why I'd probably go hunt just because of supply and demand at running back. So I just had in, in the real reality league, someone is um, trying to throw up someone on the trade block. I want to get your guys' opinion. So he's offering Carr and Javante Williams. He wants a major quarterback. He's not getting Kyler Murray from me. No way. Would you, would you guys – I have Burrow. Would you trade Burrow for Carr and Javante? Redraft. And like I said, it's sometimes super flex. It's sometimes not super flex. It hasn't you'd been super be, flex in three weeks. You'd be going in on the only reason I would take that trade is if, if I have the belief that Javante Williams at some point this season will take over that Denver backfield. But I, I'm of I'm of the belief that as long as Melvin Gordon is around. Uh, they're going to continue to split carries and really kind of cap each other's upside. Um, man, that's a tough one, though, because that's not a bad depth piece to add Javante and see how things pan out in the future. And Carr hasn't been terrible either. So uh, it's definitely something I might consider. Yeah. Yeah. That's not too big of a step down, I think. Well, yeah, I think I I think I agree with that fully. Um, I mean, Carr has been looking good, and he's got what? Close to how many how many passing yards is he averaging a game? I don't have that right in front of me, but it's it's a lot. It's it's not a small number, and and I think that um, obviously you're not going to get. I don't think he's going to get you know a Kyler Murray, of course, but uh, a Joe Burrow. Yeah, I think I think it's right on the edge. And whoever's proposing that trade uh, knows that Javante is maybe just like we said earlier, just that last little piece that might push you over. And I think it's a it's a good thought on his part, and it's it's definitely something to think about. Well, that, that someone would be me. Um, so uh, I might make that trade offer after the show. Um, so sorry to be selfish, guys. The uh, Cooper <laughs> Dynasty trade away. Um, so the Cooper Dynasty trade away Dobbins plus Bateman and a second receive A.J. Brown. Which side are you guys on? Josh first. Sorry, what, what was it? I uh, You cut out for me for a second there. Dobbins and Bateman plus a second for A.J. Brown. Okay, so, I mean, obviously Dynasty changes the landscape of things a little bit because you have to think about the future seasons and where where is your team right now? Is your team a win-now team or is your team, you know, know, you're building for the future, right? Um, I think the, uh, obviously, the the Dobbins, Bateman, and the second, probably someone who's looking more forward to the future uh, than right now, even though A.J. Brown is hurt right now, I would say value wise the Dobbins Bateman and the second side is probably giving away too much. I know AJ Brown, some people have him, you know, easily in the top 10 for PPR dynasty. Uh, but Dobbins can come back, you know, he had an ACL injury um, and he can come back and be back to full strength. It's not an Achilles. It's not something else that's crazy. Uh, it's an injury that many people come back from in the following year with rehab and therapy and everything. Uh, so and, and Bateman, we'll see what he can do when he comes off the IR and into active uh, play soon as well on the Ravens. So um, I want the Dobbins, Bateman, and the second side. 
I do not want to trade that away for AJ Brown. So that was the question. Like, should I trade away Dobbins, Bateman in a second for AJ Brown? I would say no, you should not. That's just too many young pieces. Um, AJ Brown can be amazing, but as we talked about injury, and not only that, he had the most low-key double knee surgery, you know, I think in the history of superstars that have gotten surgeries. Cause when I read that little detail, I was like, what? He had surgery on both knees? Like, you know, so that that's going to affect your explosiveness and that's what AJ Brown lives and thrives on. So uh, that's too much to give away even for AJ Brown. Yeah. I, I did the dynasty debate on um, Hammercast, and it was Justin Jefferson versus AJ Brown. And I brought up the double knee surgery and just how physical AJ Brown plays versus Justin Jefferson and Justin Jefferson's a little bit younger and dynasty Jefferson. Um, I have him above AJ Brown going into the season and he's still there obviously with AJ Brown, not having a great year, not dropping him off my dynasty radar or anything, but obviously can't move him up. Yeah. Gall, where are you at on this side? Um, I'll keep this one short because I don't really – you shouldn't really take my word on Dynasty. It's not <laughs> my uh, It's not my specialty. But uh, I do tend to agree with Josh that uh, the Dobbins payment in second is just a lot to give up. Uh, and I think that this is a trade where you, you, you could keep that for now and that trade's not going anywhere. You can relook at it in one or two weeks. It would take a lot for A.J. Brown to, uh, to uh, be worth more than that trade. So – I feel like this is something that you can always revisit in two or three weeks and it'll still be there. Still same price on the board and you get a little bit more time to see what's going on. Yeah. And maybe Bateman's value goes up, you know, cause he balls out with Lamar. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what I was thinking. So, um, you know, I, I like that. I like that opinion of just be patient with it because yeah, the, you could end up saying, you know what, at the end of the day, it's going to be Dobbins and Bateman. No second. Yeah. Because Bateman looks that good. And, or you might be like, you know what, Bateman's off, Bateman's off the table. Um, but Dobbins isn't going anywhere. He's yeah. recovering. A.J. Brown isn't playing right now. So there's no reason to make this move when half the players in the, the deal are injured. Yeah. Yeah, Bateman was my wide receiver, too, out of the draft class coming in. But I just really didn't like the landing spot. But I'm trying to hear the voices of people who are very good at dynasty football saying, you know, it's the talent, not where you land. Um, but – that's still very hard for me when a team throws so little. Uh, but yeah, I think that that's too much to give away for AJ Brown. Yeah. And I was definitely uh, one of those voices. I've come around to the fact that, yeah, Rashad Bateman, I don't think you can put the AJ Brown bad situation turns into a number one because Lamar Jackson is not going to be, you know, replaced by Ryan Tannehill. Like that yeah. situation is a one off. Mm -hmm. But I do think that those guys play well together and Rashad Bateman is someone that moves around the he can move around he's not just an outside receiver he's not just a slot receiver you can move him around and he is what that offense needs and he's someone that can do a lot of things AJ Brown does as far as like playing over the in, intermediate parts of the field mm -hmm. and taking some of those slants to the house that's what he, he did in Minnesota. I'm excited yeah I'm excited to see what he can do me, me too man well hey it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun uh, I appreciate you coming on. Um, real quick, uh, where, where can everybody find you and what was the uh, website again? Yeah, the website is tailnetwork.com. Uh, you can download from there and you can find us on Twitter at tail underscore network as well as Instagram tail underscore network. Awesome. I appreciate it. Thanks for your time. And, and Josh, it's always a pleasure. Make sure you follow 
him as well. All right. Well, everyone have a good night and good luck this season.